It's true that people believe all sorts of bizarre and improbable things without a shred of evidence, regardless of their intelligence or level of education. A sceptic might reasonably conclude, therefore, that belief in mind transference and in souls escaping from bodies is merely one example, an act of faith without reason. But consider the following report of an unusual experience. I returned home late one winter's afternoon from a long, strenuous walk with my dog. I felt pretty exhausted and lay down on the sofa. I remember turning on the TV but feeling too sleepy to watch properly. Then suddenly, at least that's how I remember it, I was aware that I was no longer on the sofa. I seemed to be floating a few feet above it. I felt weightless, light as a feather, and as I looked down I saw a figure lying below, apparently asleep. I remember thinking that it looked just like me, and then becoming aware that it was me, or rather it was my body. It occurred to me that I might have died, but the thought didn't bother me. I felt peaceful and serene. I began to rise slowly up towards the ceiling, like a bubble. I tried to reach out and push on the ceiling, with the expectation that I would move downwards again, but my hands passed through it, followed by the rest of me, and I continued upwards until I felt an icy coldness and I was outside, floating above the house. I remember shivering and then moving forwards and upwards, slowly at first and then faster and faster. I looked from right to left and saw the overwhelming blackness of the night sky. Looking down, I could dimly see rooftops, trees and remote glimmering lights. Episodes of this kind are called out-of-body experiences, for obvious reasons, and they are not uncommon. Psychologist Susan Blackmore has studied them for many years and estimates that more than one in ten people have had at least one. A straightforward interpretation is that the mind really does leave the body for a while and then returns. This is certainly the interpretation favoured by most of those who have had the experience and many of those who have read about them. On the face of it, they seem to provide unequivocal confirmation that the mind can break free from the confines of the body and exist independently of it. Unfortunately, out-of-body experiences do not provide evidence that the mind can leave the body. Since this is a key point, it's worth being very clear as to why it's the case, even at the risk of being boring and pedantic. Imagine that you're in court being tried for a crime. You might be guilty or innocent. That is what the court tries to determine, and evidence is presented by the defence and prosecution that supports guilt over innocence, or the other way around. This familiar situation exposes a critical point about evidence. It is something that supports one possibility, such as guilt, over an alternative, innocence, and it provides support for the first precisely because it is inconsistent with the second. Evidence, in short, is something that enables us to make rational decisions between alternatives. If something cannot influence such a decision, then it just isn't evidence. Take an out-of-body experience as an example. The first possibility is that the person's mind left their body 
travelled around in an immaterial form, and then returned. The second possibility is that nothing left the body. Rather, the whole experience was some kind of hallucination. The mere fact of having the experience is not sufficient to decide between these interpretations. It cannot support the first possibility over the second, and so provides no evidence that the mind can leave the body. The rational conclusion is that out-of-body experiences are a kind of hallucination. Most scientists and philosophers take this view, yet at the same time many of them believe that minds can be transferred between bodies, at least in principle. How do they reconcile belief in transference with their rejection of the idea that the mind can exist outside the body?